Rico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Rico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Rico, Rev, and Ben, yep, they're at it again. Breaking down the team, putting stats up in your head, nothing left unsaid. They're leaving it all on the field. Just like the favorite team, raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge isn't real for a trio so true. To representing the great red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you came to not so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you the big D. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you. The Big D. Um, soccer? Podcast? Good evening and welcome to Big D After Dark, your live video and audio podcast breaking down FC Dallas news, rumors, results, questions, and of course, uh, a podcast where we take your comments and questions live. So hit us up in the live stream chat, even though Facebook is down or something's wrong with Facebook, whatever. We're here to talk about a tough week where two home games for FC Dallas, only one point from the two matches, not good enough for playoffs. Playoff window is pretty much uh, over, not mathematically eliminated yet, but that may be just a matter of days. We have a lot to talk about, including coaching, search, updates, season tickets, and more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Big D After Dark. Welcome to Big D After Dark, everyone. Uh, except for those of you on Facebook land, my the, the thing said Facebook is still not working right, so... Uh, you may not be seeing the uh, show there, but hey, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitch or some whatever other way, h- hello, hello, welcome to the show. We're going to talk about FC Dallas News. We're going to take your comments and questions live, and we really want your feedback this evening as uh, we talk about season tickets and some other things and your thoughts on where the club is. Of course, uh, I'm Nathan J. Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. There in the middle is Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Hola. All right, and then there on the end is our is our buddy Tommy Labouf uh, at Tom underscore FC Dallas, and uh, glad to to have uh, Jose and Tom with us tonight. We as we get into it, uh, let's just get right to the result from this past week. One point at home, playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Funny guy. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Brutal results, my man. Brutal results. I mean, uh, pretty much. Uh, if Ferruzzi was looking to impress, he's done the opposite. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Tommy? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was I was just thinking about that actually. Uh, you know, in the game, one thing I found odd is that it was zero zero, and you know. 
we brought on Manjoma before we brought Sean on. And, uh, and to me, that was telling me that we're really looking at next year. I mean, because Manjoma, I mean, he came in the game and got beat right off the bat. And he just doesn't look like that was your number, you know, number one or two mm-hmm. sub. So it tells me that Marco was looking for next year. Can this guy play next year? That's the way I looked at it. Absolutely agree. And I don't know if I said it on our last podcast, but I know I, I talked about it is let's face it, the writing's on the wall. Yes, FC Dallas is not officially eliminated, but they pretty much are. So they should play the young players, and that's what we saw this last match. Is Absolutely, is, that's what I think. Yeah. Is You might as well. I mean, you need to find out. Let's say you're going to make drastic changes in the offseason. And drastic, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to purge the roster, but you need to find out which of your young players you think will be able to step up. If you're gonna, you know, let go of somebody ahead of them, like say Acosta or Ricarte, then you need to be 100% sure that you already have players that you think will make a leap next year. So you need to play them this year. You need to play Munjoma to find out if Tuomasi or Munjoma are the answers at right back. Otherwise, you need to bring somebody else in. So yeah, and and furthermore, furthermore, I'd say that I think that it's this even solidified my in my head that the problems this year is not necessarily the coach. Uh, we can all agree that there are some things that Lucci could have done better, but you look at my my girlfriend, this was the first time she went to the game this year. She's like, hey, what happened to FC Dallas? Number 10 got the ball. He was too slow. You know, she's an amateur, and she got it point head on. And so if you look at the game, we, we didn't have many shots on goal. We had, what, four shots on goal. We, we were outshot. Pretty pretty pathetic for a home match. In all it, you know, and, and what we were told is that Marco's a great defensive guy. Yeah, Marco did a greater job, but who saved us? It was Felipe. If that's his plan, you know, I don't think it was. The bottom line, I think, is the roster. I think that this roster, you know, you're going to have to have a top-notch coach who gets everything right, the lottery, and maybe you'll get a tie and a win here and there. But the bottom line is the roster. You can't change my mind anyway. I'm stuck on that. It's not the coaching. It's the roster. Yeah, one special player, it would make the difference in the world. We don't even have one special player. And hey, I agree t- with that. T- Tommy, Todd just said, uh, thanks for watching, Todd. And he said, she just disappointed Lucci left because he's hot. <laughs> he's hot AF. She, she, right. was there, she was there with the binoculars looking for, hey, where's Where Lucci? Yeah, yeah. Lucci was a, <laughs> was a, 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 a good-looking coach. But, hey, but look, I'll, I, I'm really disappointed by the Sporting Kansas City game. I'm, I'm disappointed that... Um, you know, Lucci, that was at least one thing he had going his favor. He had a good run against Kansas City, but then that kind of ended. And then, of course, I mean, just uh, just not a good match, really, uh, at all. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was nice to see in the draw at home uh, against Minnesota. Now, I thought Minnesota was in a stronger position than they actually are. I didn't realize they were in seventh. Um, but because they're a decent team and have collected some talent, some decent, they've done a bit better job in the transfer market, but um, are still up and down as a team. But it was nice to see. So it was nice to see Hedges and Martinez, which is what we thought would be our number one and two option kind of center back on the back line. Uh, you know, and Holling said back there, and he almost had a goal, although I think it was the right call. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the rules. I, I, I think it's it's disappointing. 
but it, and Tomasi didn't didn't do terrible either. I think he's he's showing he's making a case that he has some kind of future with FC Dallas. I I, don't, I hope he's not the the starter at that position, but he shows some depth there and some energy. But um, you know there were some positive things, especially in the first half. FC Dallas looked better, but then Minnesota came out with adjustments, and Marco didn't have any adjustments. You know, and so the attack for FC Dallas got really fizzled. And yeah, we're not for Felipe. And I mean, that's my next kind of point too. I think is like you know he made the bench the team of the week for Major League Soccer. He had a really great performance, some great shot stopping. Um, that we hadn't seen from him yet, so that at least gives us something to consider about his loan deal and whether they buy him. But I'm still not sold on that price for him at this no, point. No, I'm not sold on Felipe. It probably means what? that we'll see him kind of close out the season, uh, you know, for the most part, getting, yeah, getting a think, lot of minutes. I think they're trying to find out if he's worth, I mean, what's a $2 million buyout? Which, it sounds, it's a lot. By MLS standards, it's a lot. But... If FC Dallas is convinced that he's the guy for the future, let's 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 not forget that FC Dallas lost their future guy. You know, right under most uh, Jesse lot of drama. and and now I need to find out if this guy is worth the hype. Um, I want to say he's not, but you know his last performance gave us hope that he's actually improving and he's extremely green really by, by goalkeeper standards. So the, I think my thing is it's, is he, if he's a U 22, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Or is he out of that? If he's a U 22, then Dallas could actually buy him. And, but do you want a goalkeeper? That's probably your number two goalkeeper taking up a U 22 spot. I, I don't, I don't think so. So just the prices, the price, and the position he would take, that seems like awful lot for a goalkeeper. In all honesty, especially when you have a promising young goalkeeper in the in the pipeline coming up, which of course is there's a rumored uh, homegrown signing coming up, and possibility of that being the case. Yeah, I would say if that happens, if that happens, if Carrera is signed as a homegrown, I think that signals Felipe is gone. In all honesty. Well, and I, and I think Zobek is probably gone, too. I, I think his contract comes up. Although, you know, maybe he's fine there, but... Uh, I would say Zobek is only gone because you have, uh, uh, with North Texas, uh, Shutler and Sanchez, right? Right. So you already, you already have a veteran from within the academy that has MLS experience, has La Liga experience, He'd be a perfect third right. keeper, in all honesty, or a perfect backup if you wanted to go that way, while you're bringing up a young player. So I think I think that's what your decision is. You're gonna have the reserve team next year in the um, North Texas in the reserve league. You're probably gonna want your third keeper starting for them. So I think you're right. I think the number crunch indicates that that uh, he's gone. But I'm I'm I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't other, know his contract. I don't know if he's if he's yeah. up or not. I mean, some other takeaways from this match that give me a little hope. I I just really like Brandon Cervania. I think when he's on the field, 
he has an ability to find space and be creative and push to attack and and, and be a decent presence defensively um so he, he's that nice mix he's that box to box kind of guy maybe you're looking for but uh it, it's figuring out can, can you know is he the answer there is he he just has such energy that when he's when he, he made a difference in the first half was really great now he faded in the second half um you know but can, can we find that player to pair with him uh what's going to be the right mix of guys so I, I liked some of the the information that comes out of a game like this which you know if, if we're thinking about <laughs> next season and some possibilities you know but yeah. it's hard but Savannah, I'd like to see him get a little bit more body muscle. He seems like he is still got the the teenager body, and I think he gets pushed around a little bit. But you know, he had a, I think he had a shot that was pretty good uh, at the game Saturday night. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I look at Savannah as a starter yet. You know, uh, he, you know he did start. He, I mean, we got a one-one tie, but I just don't feel like this is the team that. I don't know if I want him starting to win an MLS Cup. You know, I don't know that he's that guy yet. Still, no, still, but, still a teenager. But I think I think with Cervania and Serio getting extended play, they're young enough and affordable enough that you need to decide if they're going to be your main backups. Backups, I can and agree with that right case, now. And I think that is the case. I think you can say, make an honest case for both of them. You know, coming back as being either, you know, spot starters and backups with, you know, let's face it, they're young, so they're only going to improve. You're hoping that they can provide that and maybe they make it, make a leap and, and grab one of those starting spots. But, you know, so I would just finally like to say is that when it comes to the homegrown and the, and the teenagers, I wish FC Dallas would use them as a backup and play them in the appropriate times where, you know, if we got a lead, we bring them on and we get the minutes there, but not rely on them to start. As, as the starting lineup to win a cup because I don't think that you can win with kids. I, I just don't think in the long run. I mean, well, I think we saw that early in the year with Dallas basically leaning on their veterans and their new signings, and that didn't go so well. And, you know, the the kids basically forced their way into the sure. line. And, and I think that's where we are where we are is because the players you thought would be better than your kids – are not so Lucci basically went to his safe zone, you know, his safe place. And the safe place is he knew what he know he knew what he had with his academy kids. And, and furthermore, I'd say if, if you bring in a vet who can't run, because I think we have two of them that are less a step, like our center, uh, I call him uh, Q number five. I can't never say his name. Kinyong, very slow on the field. I mean, he looks like an old man. And then the other one would be Jaro. Jaro's definitely lost a step. And we're paying him like a starter money, you know, like superstar money. You can't bring in those kind of people. I don't want to see those people. You know, I don't want to see over the hill people playing soccer. And even Ricarte, he looks so slow on the field. Is it? He, he's not a ten. And Marco put him as a ten, and that didn't work out. He more than one occasion he's trying to make a pass. He's just too slow. He's been a ten in the past, but yeah, for some reason it just hasn't worked. Like it just. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that comes to, rep. you know, this late in the season. You should have played him there earlier in the season. You should have given him that playing time. But he hasn't been given that time. So now it's like, hey, I know you've been playing an 8 or a 6 most of the year. Now we want you to go play a 10. It, players need to basically feel comfortable and feel, you know, uh, 
get into form, you know, and, and, and I don't think Ricarte, I, I think you're seeing a player that's completely out of form. The biggest question I had too, is why do we, why do we never see Paxton in the middle? It seems like Paxton yeah. has the ball skills to be a 10 playmaker, but we always I, play him on the wing. So I think, I think that this is basically them just protecting him. They're like, Hey, we'd like to play him in the middle, <laughs> but we're not hundred percent. He can take the kind of beating he's going to take at that spot. And so they play him in the wing. I think it's just to bring him back. I think this is a lost year for him. This is like when uh, Jesus had that the previous season where he disappeared. And I'm okay with that. I I, I want to say that I remember from the last match that he disappeared. In all honesty, I didn't even realize he was on, on the field. Yeah. That's bad to say about him. But let's face it, he's not playing in his optimal position. And like I said, he's just I think he's just out there. He's a player that you're saying, Okay, we're just gonna have to eat this you with him and and hope that you know, and hopefully next year with a full preseason huh? he comes on strong. Jose, I agree with you. I think that it you know, we don't have all the information about Paxton, but we know that he's been injured and you know, I've been complaining about the minutes, but I think even Ryan Hollins had said he's trying to come back and we don't know all the information, it, but apparently there is something going on with him coming back. It reminds me his play and 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 the playing time what they're doing reminds me of when Diaz got injured. Yeah. And they Same they had the kitty gloves with him, and I think that's exactly what you're seeing. You're when they they're saying kitty gloves, it's like hey kitty gloves for the entire season. And yeah. That's that's what you're seeing. Yeah, I just I think it does say something to the roster construction when you have to turn to your your youngsters for a spark. But also when your youngsters turn out to be sometimes the more dynamic, uh, athletic, uh, creative players at your disposal. And I think that just speaks to the lack of investment on this roster, um, the lack of, uh, of scouting, you know, and not that the scouting has been all bad. I think I think Hyder uh, O'Brien has certainly turned his fortunes around and uh, – and, you know, has earned a spot on this roster going forward. And I think he can probably get better next season. He's adjusted. It seems like yeah. he's finally adjusted in some ways. But we're still waiting to see that from some of these other guys. And there's just guys like Brian Acosta who has quality. We know he has quality. I mean, and but it just I'm has never it figured it out. I'm glad you bring that up because this offseason is going to be a massive offseason for Sonata, in all honesty. You know? I know that a lot of fans are basically bad-mouthing him on social media and they're putting the blame on him as much as, as you know, Lucci or Dan. And and I actually don't agree with any of that criticism. Really? In all honesty. I, I disagree with all the criticism that Sonata is getting. Um, I know Tommy has issues with Sonata. Well, yeah, I mean, Keyon come in. I mean, he's not he's not done the job. Jara, Hara has not done the job. Um, we brought in Vargas. I know he was a project. He's not even making the 18. And, I mean, the list goes on. We brought in Sean. Sean was a late sub. I mean, like, we're not signing players that are making a difference. We're signing players, apparently, that are, that are affordable. And they look good on paper, but they're not making a difference on this roster. And if anyone is to blame, it's not Lucci. In my opinion, it's the technical director and the owner for pulling the strings and selling the good players and not bringing quality talent in. And I'm glad uh, I, I just, you said it that way, and I'm glad you said that because I'll tell you right now, everyone knows Hara was not the DT's 
selection. That was Dan all the way. So you cannot pin that on Sonata. I don't I don't know the information of who, who signed off on it, but No, that Dan Dan has pretty much said that he's wanted him since since he put a brace on FC Dallas in, in uh Concacaf. So I mean Dan's pretty much said so in, as far as if you're you're working for the owner and the owner says go get that man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, you right, know what? and if that's the case, and they may even go further more than who's who's starting line. Dan may be calling the shot. All right, let's let's get. We got a lot of good comments coming. This is good. This I, I, is good. I got I got more. I'm not done. I just want. To I know. Help. All right, so Ben, our, our buddy Ben says over right. and under twelve players turnover this off season. Could we see as many as twelve or more uh, release from I the would roster? Say over. Over. Okay. Hmm. I don't know that many. No, I definitely think there's at least five or six or seven for sure. Yeah. Over, and I'll tell you why. Over, you can discontinue player contracts. Certain, you know, certain players' contracts are going to finish. Guys like uh, Felipe, that's on loan, for example, and then, and then you've got other players who's who's who uh, Vargas is also on loan. By the way, he's not a he's not a person that's been bought. And then uh, you also have uh, uh, you have extension uh, contract extensions that don't need to be picked up, of course. But you also have the uh, the expansion this offseason coming up, so you can expose players to that to that. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm and this is me because. You want to bring in a new manager and you want to give him the best chance. You're going to have to, and I'm not saying you're going to cut significant weight, but you're going to have to cut some weight and let him bring in some of his players. And you're going to have to make room for some of the homegrowns that you're probably going to sign. you got like four or five homegrowns that, that are on the pipeline that could be signed. Mm. That's a lot. When you're talking Carrera, you're talking, uh, 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 is it Corcoran? Corcoran, right? I keep talking about that kid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corcoran. Uh, you got the Hernan- it Hernandez kid. You got, I mean, you got uh, uh, Jesus's brother. I mean, you've got like five, six kids that that could, could be probably, could be in the mix, could, right? Could be signed in the next year, I would say. So, well, what I was gonna say, Jose, is that I don't agree. I mean, don't disagree that we we have that many players that need to go. But as we've seen with FC Dallas, they don't they don't sign players in a hurry. You know, when we let well, players go, we wait till midseason, where the season's almost over, to bring in players. Well, yes. So I don't I, think I, they I, had their ducks in a row I to agree. bring anyone in. So I, I, I think they're going to that. But yeah, we're going to keep players until they for a while because they had no I was one else. Done defending Sonata, by the way. Yeah, go I ahead. was going to point out that Acosta is also not a Sonata guy. Your two DPs, the only two TPs on your roster, your DT had nothing to do with those guys. So I like to see, I'm sorry, but I like to see Haragon, I like to see Acostagon, and I like to see Acosta, uh, Sonata with the money we know they're getting. I want to see who he's going to bring. You know he's going to bring in the manager. You know he's going to bring in the the DPs. And you can get up to three U22s, and of those, I think we only have one spot taken, and that's Shun. And I'm pretty happy with Shun. You know, even though, you know, they're playing him in and out. Uh, his, his playtime has been inconsistent, but I like what I've seen. The kid's 20 years old. 
You know, yeah, Steve I, Davis on the on the game cast said, you know, he doesn't have the body body yet. It seems like he, no, he no, looks no. like a looks like a little kid. So no, I think that has a lot to do with it. Absolutely, he needs to hit hit the weights and and and, and whatnot. But that might just be his natural body. You know, he may not get bigger. But in all well, honesty, I'm just saying, Sonata has three uh, DP spots to fill, and and I think if you don't fill one of those, you can then get the three U22s. Of all that, he's got his hand on one of those. And that's Shun. So I like to see what he does this offseason. Get rid of Hara, get rid of Costa, sign a couple more U22 kids. Ricardo. So. So yeah, I think but, this is the offseason where we find out what Sonata's made of because he's you, they can't claim poverty. They got the sales. And don't forget sales. I mean, you know, we could lose Pepe, we could lose Chewy, we could lose, you know, who's to say someone isn't going to try to buy Cervania uh, or Cerio or any of these other age homegrowns. Well, but remember, it's, Dan Hunt said that Hara's banging in goals. So let's, but all right, we'll come back. But Todd says to keep the Sonata chat going our our buddy todd chatterley thanks todd zanata was brought in to maximize transfers out he's done a fantastic which he's job. done a fabulous job of but like i said but who said he was brought in to do that who, who I, I, that? I believe he was done that that's just like a but that's what he was known for in Grêmio. he was known as a seller he's he's the guy who sold uh what's his name starts with an n that plays in in in, in the big leagues uh, Neymar, I think I th- believe that was his guy. Uh, so well, I he mean, brought in Thiago uh, Santos, and I, I love the guy. Yeah, I mean, he br- that was one guy I agree, and he but was definitely involved in the trade. In MLS, in MLS, your DPs determine whether you're a winning team or not. Mm. And right now, our DPs aren't good enough. And I like to see what Sonata does about that. I don't, like I said, I don't think Acosta or Hara are his guys. Lucci was not his guy. So, uh, if I may, uh, we, were, we were getting mixed signals on Pepe and his future. You know, um, Ajax is apparently looking at Pepe. If you don't mind me taking no, it Keep it going. But the latest comment I heard is that they want him sticking around. So, where do y'all think FC Dallas really lies on Pepe? I'm going to write an article about this because... I think the next head coach is key to that. Now, well, granted, Pepe's under contract, so also, well, you know, some legal realities. And if FC Dallas decides to turn down any offers, Pepe will stay. It's not like he's gonna. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would that would not show up to practice or something, you know. But I think they need the right kind of coach to come in and say, "Look, we want you to stick around at least another year." Work with this guy. This guy has this amount of experience. Look at where he's played. He's going to help you even be better and more prepared for that next opportunity that comes. And you're going to get playing. You're going to be the guy, you know. But if they don't, if they just settle for whoever is coach, you know, maybe Pepe's still here. But I, I do think, I think Pepe's going to hear some of those offers coming along and he's going to be like, no, nah, I'll take this. I mean, especially well, Ajax. So give so, me a great opportunity so for him. Let me, let me. Let me raise you the red flags, all right? The red flags that says Pepe is gone. And I'll say he's going to stay here, but go ahead. So so Pepe just signed, what, a five-year contract? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some no- notable homegrowns that signed five-year contracts. Reggie Cannon of signed course. a five-year contract. Brian Reynolds signed a five-year contract. 
It's done to maximize what you can ask for them because you're saying, look, we've invested five years. So if you believe this kid is worth two million, then we want that times five. Because you're stealing from us our future. We've, we've, we've committed to this player and he's committed to us for the next five years. You can't just come in here and say, well, he's valued at three million. We want to give you three million. No. He's not. He's worth five years to us, so we want $15 million before we'll even start listening to you. All right? And, and of course, you're absolutely going to say you want him here in the future because if you say we want to sell him, then guess what? Your offers, they go low. Teams won't, will not pay top money for someone they think you're trying to offload. They only pay top money for someone they feel you're unwilling to get rid of. And they believe you're under their, you know, they believe they can get at a cheaper value now sure. than, say, a year or two from now. So, yeah, I think I think you'll hear see some offers start coming in. And I think it'll be, you know, Brian Reynolds' money initially. But if you think Ajax can come in and say, we'll give you $8 million for him, don't think Byron can't just laugh at that and say, we got 10 and next thing you know, you've got a bidding war. And that's exactly what Dallas wants. Dallas well, can and and don't don't be fooled. Well, selling club. A deal may get done, but I don't think we're gonna see Pepe leave. And here's why. Pending World Cups coming up. And what happened in Honduras? A very fit and ready to play Pepe went in and made a difference in the you know, in international stage. And I think the worst thing that Pepe can do is go to a club and not play. And we see Reynolds not playing. And we know that if he stays here, he's going to play and get better. And he's going to be in that World Cup fit. And I'll have, and you, I know, I, I'll have you know that Reynolds and Cannon, who both aren't playing, that was stuff that's completely out of the control. Reynolds, the manager that wanted Reynolds, is no longer there. And then the guy they brought in has a history of not really playing young players. Well, I, and then yeah. Cannon, yeah. Uh, I think he's... Portugal, and I think there's some shenanigans there going on. I don't think they can afford to pay him. That's my honest opinion. I don't think they can afford to pay him, and I don't think he's injured. I think he's stuck there. I don't think they're going to play him at all. Well, something happened to Reggie. He didn't even make the U.S. World Cup, uh, uh, well, the U.S. roster. Well, they're not I think he was hurt a little bit. They're saying he's hurt, but at the same time, he's also he hasn't been playing, so he's out of form, and these are important games. You can't bring in a player like that. So everyone understands the situation is bad, and all he can do is wait till the transfer window. I don't think he plays for Boa Vista until the transfer window rolls around. Yeah, I, I just think we might see a sell where he's sold, but then he's loaned back to FC Dallas until World Cup just to get the playing minutes and be uh, ready to uh, go. I, Portugal is not the, – the last player that that's connections to the Dallas-Fort Worth area that was in Portugal was Keaton Parks. And Keaton Parks had to take his team to court. So they I don't, I don't see that happening with Pepe, though. So they, so, they, so they would release him of his contract because they were not letting him practice and they were not playing him. And he wasn't allowed because he was under contract. He couldn't join another team. So it took him six months of legal battles to get out of his contract in Portugal. And now he's in MLS. And I'm afraid, I'm worried, I'm not saying it's true, but I'm worried that that's what Cannon may have to do. Oh, uh, Cannon, yeah, Cannon. But with 
with Pepe, I think his his moves are going to be based on um, what Burkhalter wants him to do in USA and also FC Dallas together, working together for the World Cup. I think they're in cahoots. I think Pepe, because of the amount of money that a team's going to pay for him, it's going to have to be someone that, with that kind of investment, is going to have to play him. Or, if not play him, loan him to a place where he will play. Well, Ben says my my hope is Pepe is sold with a loan back for next year, which would be which would be a fine kind of threading yeah, the needle there. And he needs minutes. He, he needs could, to be. I I think if you get a loan back like that, it won't be for a full year. I think it'll be for summer. Like, yeah, they're gonna want him to join them during their preseason, so he can get integrated. And and I'll have you know that a loan back for the entire year is ideal for U.S. men's national team because if that doesn't happen, let's say he gets transferred this upcoming window or he only gets loaned back for half a season, that's going to hurt the U.S. men's national team because now you got a, your top striker trying to integrate into a European team and they don't like to take those players away from those clubs. Even if it's an international window, I know that's a big deal. Some players not getting called up. They're like, oh, it's the international window. If it's a young player... The coach, the U, the U.S. manager, is not going to pull him away from that club because they're saying, hey, this guy's 18, 19, 20 years old, and he just earned a starting job in Europe. Yes, it's international break, but we need those players practicing with their club so they can solidify their starting position there. Because in Europe, unlike here, you don't practice. Whoever practices is going to take your job. Hey, another comment here from Michael Crossman. Thanks for watching and joining us, Michael. If Pepe stays and plays for FC Dallas and then plays well in the World Cup, his value will skyrocket. Yes. Absolutely. That's a good point. That's something that bidding teams have to take into account. And don't – you better believe Dent Hunt and Sonata are – you know, they're ringing that bell and saying, look, this 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 upcoming window right now, this, this October matches – this is basically a huge display, you know, uh, display for Pepe. It's a showcase. Yeah, yeah. Pepe was a beast in Honduras. I mean, it wasn't just the goal that he scored. Yeah. He, he was taking the ball yeah, away. He was level. assisting. He was being very involved. I mean, he was really and you can see it. He was a one-man press in the first half. I mean, you can see it for <laughs> FC Dallas games. I mean, he is so active. He's so active in ways that Haro never was. Um, and he's frustrated when he doesn't get the ball, when he doesn't get the pass. He's frustrated when his shot doesn't go right. I mean, the kid is hungry, and he's just in form. And it's it's, it's disappointment that I mean he scored the goal. He's prop maybe he's offside uh, against Sporting Kansas scary City. Kid, the scary, but, the scary but thing still, is he's still just a kid. I know, but and, he and like it. even the goal he, he, he scored like against Kansas City, it was just like just no, I'm not saying I'm not saying he didn't earn it. I'm just saying the scary thing for opponents is that. Pepe's still growing. He's still yeah. learning. Right now, everything he's doing, he's doing it based off instinct and talent. He hasn't even grown into his body yet. He, he's, still, right. he's, still, he's still gaining experience. The sky's the limit for him. Uh, and, yeah, I mean. All right. One, two more comments, and then we're, we got to move on. Um, okay. Our buddy Hoach there says, if you are Pepe, do you risk the hunts and Zenota getting this offseason right? You could have a slump paired with poor reinforcements that reinforcements that hurt your value as well, and yeah, it's always a risk. And of course, knock on wood, I don't have any wood here, but uh, you know, 
Pepe could get hurt. I mean, injuries happen. I mean, that's why nothing is guaranteed. And I think that's, for me, is why, like, there is an offer that the Hunts and Pepe and his agent won't be able to say no to. There are offers that they will feel like this just isn't, you know, where we, you know, and, and you can look at, uh, there's some writing about Ajax's uh, situation. It's like they have a great striker right now. Or Bayern, for example, they have a great striker right now. Pepe could go there, work, but it, it's, it might be a year or two before he really breaks in. And he's young, so that's okay. But, but if you're if you're yeah. someone like Bayern, you got Lewandowski as your main guy. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to bring in a teenager and make him his understudy for like the next three years and say, hey, yeah. sure. Here. But if the, the world comes up coming up, I don't want to be sitting on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, I agree. these I are agree. the complicated. It's, uh, it's it's has got to weigh the scale. My point is, a team like Bayern would be a team that would buy him and loan him. In all honesty, there's some some teams that will claim he's going to start for them. They'll pay top dollar, but they'll be just as happy to loan him out for a year or two till he, you know, yeah, comes up. I, I keep thinking about what if Reynolds had stayed. Man, he could be making those runs down the line and throwing him into Pepe. I mean, that Dallas would be great. Dallas should loan him back. Dallas should get, oh like, my he's going to loan out in winter. Dallas should say, hey, come back and play for us for a year. You want to right, Pepe, look, give him someone? We got we to gotta move on. We got some other things. Now, this is why I especially wanted our buddy Tommy on the the show. And I'm going to show a couple images here. Uh, they won't be able to see. But, of course, one is from supporters on uh, in, in, uh, in Frisco on Saturday, which was uh, – uh, hunts out, invest in us, hunts out. Continued, um, continued, um, you know, voicing from the fans that just the lack of support from the front office of supporters groups creating an atmosphere that makes soccer fun in Frisco. And of course, our buddy Tommy tweeted this today, and I've got the screenshot up. <laughs> no way I'm giving $1,090 to FC Dallas Club for three season tickets only to watch the owner sell the best players before and midseason. Sign young and cheap talent from other countries. Tell fans that he's committed to winning. Tenure season ticket holder, Dan Hunt. Yep. You blew it. So you're just, so Tommy, you're just moving down to one seat as of now, that's, correct? That's correct. Yes. I did go down to one seat and I'm going to stay with one seat, but I'm not giving $1,000 to the club this year. And, I feel slighted. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I speak speak the truth. I mean, it's the truth. It is the truth. It's, no one else can can change my mind. Uh, I've been to watching all these games. I've seen the the, the the transfers happen week before. I've seen them sign players late in the season, and and the whole thing it, it, it's it doesn't look like trying to win. It looks like a developing club, and I just that's the truth. I'm just and it, so, I'm not the only one. There's other fans that have done that. I'm curious if any of you who are watching, if you are season ticket holders. Now, I don't live in the Dallas area, and neither does Jose, so we don't have that option. But are you changing your plan? Are you keeping it the same? I'm curious if anyone else is is making these choices. Um, it, it is tough. It is tough, um, especially when you go back to that press conference after Lucci was fired and to hear Dan Hunt sort of basically, he basically looked like uh, some of these politicians who go like, Hey, everything's fine. <laughs> We're scoring goals. We're going to just, we got to make a few tweaks. And, and of course it's gotta irk Dan Hunt that 
that the results in the field have been just even worse since Lucci was fired. Uh, maybe slightly better defensively at best, but... Um, and it, I can't honestly say that that wouldn't happen with Lucci at the helm just because players are getting healthy and coming back. You know, that's... I, I think, I think you know, you got Hedges back, you got Martinez back, you got Hollingshead back. I'm sorry, you can't tell me that Lucci couldn't have gotten that same results with sure. a healthy back line. Yeah. I, I will say this. You know, I was trying to... I didn't think Lucci was going to get fired until the season was over. It just seemed like I, that I, was the, yes. the right thing to do. But you know what happened a week later? I got an email from the ticket rep. You got, you, you know, we're, you got to renew your tickets. So it was a move, in my opinion, if I read between the lines, one week, hey, we're really trying to make the playoffs. We're going to put Marco in, da, da, da. We're going to make the playoffs. And then a week later, you get an email. You got, you got two weeks to re- renew your tickets, you know. It was a move to sell tickets. Or I agree. Your, I, I actually, that's what I it was. That, I said that in the podcast that I believed it was basically Dan Hunt and Clark, and Clark basically trying to make sure that they didn't lose the crowds and showing that they were trying to do something about turning the team torches around. It was strictly a sell tickets move. Yeah. And the and, press conference was laughable. Yeah. And it completely, it's completely backfired on them, you know. You, you you know, they lost their manager, a very likable manager, by the way. And all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing the the attendance is dropping. It's, you know, it's exactly what you expect from a team that looks like a bottom feeder and not a team, you know, that's actually hunting for a playoff spot. Well, uh, Ben Funch says I was. I uh, was a season ticket holder, stopped being one three seasons ago, and Christian Lozano, thanks Christian for watching and for joining us, canceled my season uh, my season tickets two seasons ago due to the same reasons that we're still talking about all this time later. Hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, year, it's tough. Years, one year, so. You know, I don't take any pleasure for this. I mean, I, I'm a big soccer fan, and I'm, I'm 20 minutes from the stadium. The last thing I want is to have a team that's that's not competitive and, and doing what they're doing. I, I'm very sad about this. I like going to the games and bringing people and showing them the, the beautiful game, but I man, even my, yeah, it, it's, it's not something that taking any joy into this is, this has hurt me. I mean, it's, it's, you know, wasting my money. And, and Dallas has those deals uh, often where they, you know, two, two tickets for a nice price, you know, that, you can get you can watch a lot of matches for pretty inexpensively if you just forego the if you don't need the guaranteed seat you're willing to sit on the east side or whatever. But hey, by the way, I missed it. I, I missed a comment here. I just thought was was fun from our buddy Hoach. There it says we just need to reinvest in cute players to get the soccer moms back into the season ticket buying <laughs> spirit. Yeah. Like, like Michelle, well, we can tell you a big hey. D soccer story about Michelle at some point. Hey, there's, there's your next she sits in my section. She's just a few rows in front of me. That's I'm, I'm very sorry to see her go. That's a one passionate woman who just walked away. Oh, I think you're t- we're talking about somebody else. Oh, okay. So we had we had a contributor with Big D Soccer years ago. Yeah, that. Yeah. Who? Uh, but Michelle, the the now the coach for North Texas Soccer and the left footed Brazilian wonder, you know, who played for FC Dallas as a left back. He. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Michel, maybe I should say his name correct, but he uh, evidently ended up texting one of our supporters a picture of his chest, you know, one evening. This <laughs> joyful, like, pulled up his shirt and was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm game. So, yeah, we've, we've had some, you know, so anyway, he was uh, beloved, beloved by the fans, perhaps, or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it was Melanie, but she sits in my section. She's written a lot of articles and podcasts. Yes, yes. Very, very passionate okay. about FC Dallas. I remember she, Melanie, yeah. She posted yeah. it. She, she's not doing it and couldn't justify it. Too. It's sad. It's sad. I mean, I, I don't like it. Yeah. it's. I mean, it hurts, but... You know, like I said, that's why I'm saying this is a very, very important offseason for Sonoda and, and for the Hunts because they got to get the managerial position right. And, and and mind you, I don't want a prolonged hunt. They need to bring that manager. They need to, when the season's over, it needs to be within weeks because that manager has to prepare for the draft, for the preseason. There's so much work to do that we can't hire a manager two weeks before the season starts and say, okay, this is the guy. Yeah. And, and furthermore, I think they, they need to, to solidify what the plan is going to be to stay competitive. You can't just sell players beginning the season. You're going to have to bite the bullet. I really want to sell them. I'm going to make a lot of money, but it's going to impact the season. Well, let's, we need to shift to our final question for the evening and find a little rumor tidbit. A lot of great comments tonight. I mean, so many, I wish we could get to them all. Um, so keep them coming. And, and Hocha said Michelle had a Tinder profile that got spotted in the wild with some shirtless photos. And maybe that was where that particularly <laughs> notorious story came from. But one more question. Like, of course, is, is Coach Watch. And we've already been touching upon this several times. And, you know, the question is, have we seen promise from Marco? And, and look, a, a clean sheet at home compared to how this team has done in past eight weeks or so it is is good i mean that's fine and we saw hedges we, we touched upon that and the team you know managed a clean sheet you always like that in the game of of soccer but um we also have this interesting tweet um jose shared it to our big d slack channel uh of a of, of paco jimez a um a coach a well-traveled coach with a lot of experience in spain even and coached uh head was head coach of cruz azul uh, in in Mexico and uh, is a potential name to be in the mix here. Uh, of course, the tweet mentioned several openings, Vancouver, Cincinnati, Chicago, Salt Lake, as well as Dallas, but that there's a lot of fit with his philosophy, coaching philosophy with Dallas. As far as we know, no hunt connection, no actual smoke to this rumor yet, but an interesting guy with some experience, um, so first of our coaching rumors that we may um, oh, the first the first yeah. managerial rumor and and yeah. I, I like what I'm hearing about the guy you know that he's accused of being too aggressive being being a, a, an attacking minded manager who who presses too much leaves themselves team open for the counters and whatnot but uh, I was looking up at the tactics that this guy employed uh, in his last managerial stint at Rio Vallecano who he led to promotion, by the way, uh, uh, from the second division of Spain up to La Liga. Uh, and he's a play, He's a, a manager who likes to bottle up uh, the center and likes to attack 
on the wings, you know, having his his wingers attack and having his fullbacks push forward, which we're very familiar. Also not afraid to uh, uh, also have some of the uh, play it out from the back, although not, not as hardcore as Lucci does it. Uh, his teams are known for high possession, ultra aggressive. Uh, I believe his biggest criticism was, was defense because his teams are known to be overly aggressive. And with the kind of talent that SC Dallas has, young talent coming up, did you love to hear this? The guy is, is known for entertaining soccer, and he has a, team, uh, a manager who has a history of a kind of manager you bring in to help your team get promoted, you know, to the next level. So clearly a, a manager who's brought in is seen as a fixer, which, by the way, with Cruz Azul, he actually led them to the playoffs in his second season that he was there. Well, Christian Lozano says, and then led to relegation after, don't forget. Now, I think that he does have a history of that. His teams make their way up. But but I think that's also common with relegation battle teams. I mean, teams that are, can fight their way up. But teams. Yeah, it's just smaller a struggle. Teams. It's a struggle. And, and Ben says, up. I really want a manager without a Hunt connection. Um, I even looked up this guy because – because Jose Martinez was a uh, spent a couple of years from 2018 to 2020 at Granada, I think which is where we signed him from, and and um, uh, Jimenez was at Granada, coached them, but back in 2016. So I thought, well, maybe there's a connection there, but but they may he, know he each other. You never know, you know. Yeah, he didn't coach him, but you know, you've got Acosta is also also played in Spain. Uh, so Acosta and Jose. So there must be some kind of Spanish connection there. Um, we'll so yeah, I, I think I think that's there has to be something there, and maybe it's not a hunt connection. Maybe it's not a sonata connection. Well, that's a, a good point. And all right, so we'll hopefully touch upon this. We'll close out the show with this question from our buddy Hoach, uh, and we just appreciate everybody watching tonight and, and keep peppering us with good questions. Does FC Dallas finish last in the West? Our schedule seems unfavorable versus Houston and Austin. What do you all think? No. I haven't thought no, about this I, yet. You know. I, think I, I haven't if, thought about it. We're fortunate enough that Austin is, is, is there, and, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that FC Dallas is – they're going to play the U's, but they should have just enough to not finish, you know, with the, with the spoon in the West, you know, the wooden spoon. Yeah. At this point, I'm not looking at the standings. I'm looking at the field, the gameplay, and just seeing, are we doing better? Is, is Marco making a change? And I agree. I, I want to see young players it, play. If we're if we're eliminated, which we pretty much are, I want to see, you know, Serio, Cervania, Munjoma, Pepe, Shun, Jesus, uh, Paxton. I want to see the young guys. You know, Give me the want, young guys. I want to see some Tafari out there. You know? And I want to stay in touch with the media, see what the what the plan is for next year. I mean, I'm already looking next year. I want to see if we're going to do something next year or we're going to be the same. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I think this offseason is going to be massive for FC Dallas, and I want to see the team show that it's massive. I, You know, if they drag their feet behind the manager – if they hey, 
hey, we're going to get one of the top picks in the uh, draft, if that's their big selling point, and they're not going to go out. And, and one of our DPs has to go. You know, if you can't get rid of Howard and you're stuck with him for another year, fine. Then get rid of Acosta. Or get rid you know, one of those guys has to go. Bring in someone that's going to make a difference. Yeah. yeah. I, I look at A, Pepe, and Pereira. Those are our two kids that, I, I mean, I, I hope they stay and, and get the minutes and become better players and make the U.S. – team for the qualifiers or world cup and then number two uh you know get rid of the, the dead weight and bring in some players that can play yes. and want to be here dead weight and for crying out loud sign a third dp i mean it does have some competition at right back have some competition at keeper you know we have a lot of winger i mean like i mean i still think that we're paxton is is still recovering and he's not a he's not a i think I think we definitely need to add another winger. We know Paxton's not a winger. And even if Vargas is bought, he still has to be seen as a long-term project, just like Shun is a long-term project. You know, these are great guys that you want coming off the bench. Vargas is great for like 10, 20 minutes, you know, but he's poor over, you know, uh, two-thirds of a match, you know. So this is a guy that has super sub written all over him and nothing more. I think uh, <sighs> the players that we can say that look good for next year, I look Tafari. He's had a good year. I mean, he, he maybe he'll get one of those starting spots. He's young, fast, and he's made some good passes. He's got some really good through passes. Yeah, he's going to get uh, better. Like talked about yeah. Farrer and Pepe. Um, O'Brien on the wing, he had a good game, I thought, Saturday. In the oh, final oh, third, he growing. had cuts see, that really he almost broke people's ankles in those cuts. You see, O'Brien is growing into MLS, and I, I think he's a player that can build on this season. Yeah, and I, I think that's good enough for now. You know. Yeah, he, I don't look at him as a starter every week, but I think he's someone that can start. But I really hope he's not the starter. You know, I'd like to see him be the second string. I think I, he's. I think O'Brien's your starter. I think he's starting to show that he's going. Like I said. He's starting to, to figure out MLS, and he's just one of those players that needed a full season under his belt in MLS. Right and back. I think you'll see a leap next year. Two players come in to fight for right back. Yeah. No, but he should sucks. definitely have somebody to push him. But, hey, you, know, you got uh, Metkehar has been tearing it up. It, it, this, uh, North Texas, yeah, I saw that. Who, by the, way, by the way, had a huge road win against Tucson, who was ahead of them in the, in the standings. And as we head down the home stretch, it's it's basically a bottleneck for like the last two three playoff spots, and North Texas is right in the middle of it. They've got a favorable schedule, not a guarantee that they'll get in, but you know, um, you're seeing Vargas, Elmetkehar, Hernandez, Collins Smith. You're seeing those young players get starting to get more minutes with North Texas, and and you know, I'm I'm glad that Cervini and Cerrillo are playing. Otherwise, send them down. You know, get them minutes in North Texas if they're not going to start for well folks we got to leave it there we have so many good questions here about Horace contract and O'Brien needs to stop flopping he'll never get any calls um and there was a question a great question i think we're going to get to next week let's let's pencil it in guys what is life post peppy and i think it's already time it may be time even if peppy sticks around for another year to begin to think about who is that next striker that they're going to start to develop already on the roster yeah Okay. Who? That's Chui. Chui okay. should be your if if Pepe. The only reason Chui's not your 
your uh, center forward is because Pepe is there. And about Ferreira? Money. But once Pepe has gone, Jesus should be your next num- your next guy. But yeah. but I like I watch on our, our little opening intro for the video intro for this podcast. Like Jesus reminds me a lot of his dad and his his, does, his but, the way he's growing. He's not a midfielder. He's not a midfielder. No, he's he is a forward, and that's where he should play. He's basically playing out of position and doing good, by the way. But I like to see him as uh, either the primary striker or 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 uh, paired up okay. in a two striker set. So I think right. that's your guy. That's your Pepe replacement. I, just right one quick comment. Pepe and Ferreira, they're, they're really not surrounded by a lot of great talent right now to take the pressure off of them. And they're still exceeding and succeeding in, in right. MLS. Can you imagine if they were on a team where you had a superstar winger on the left and the right and other players to be worried about? That's, Those guys could make a killing. That's they really where, are good players. That's where your DPs come. And, and that's what I'm saying is, Go out and get us those DPs that are going to give teams something to worry about so that our young players don't have the weight of carrying the team. Well, we need to leave it there, folks. It's been a great show. And, of course, you can follow us and subscribe to us wherever you find podcasts, except Apple Podcasts for some reason. we got to (laughs) figure that out. Um, But And also follow all of our writing and our commentary, BigDSoccer.com. We admit it's been a little quieter lately. And I think people have just been deflated a bit. But look for some more comments about coaching rumors and news and player updates and kind of what the outlook of this season is in the coming week. And, of course, uh, keep uh, keep enjoying FC Dallas soccer. There's still something to play for, even if it's just to watch Pepe and Ferrer and these kids have some fun out there. Yeah. Jose, Tommy, you're great. Thanks. All right. Good night, Good night everybody.